Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner here on Block Talk Radio where we speak with other coaches and people who inspire, move, and motivate people to action. Listeners will learn about coaching and the many coaching niches and have an opportunity to ask questions of the many wonderful coaches who are my guests. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com. If you're listening live and you want to call in with questions, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. We also have a live chat room on the show page. You can listen there and post questions as well. Tonight, my guest is author, speaker, and spiritual life coach, mind-body cleansing expert, Harris Teicher, who lectures coast-to-coast on the importance of whole-body cleansing, diet, detox, and transforming old, unproductive patterns. Harris has trained with some of today's top holistic doctors to learn the latest therapies and treatments available to cure the body of illness and the mind of limitation. In 2003, Hara founded Get Centered, a wellness center located in New York City, offering the latest tools for life enhancement. Get Centered has been featured in many publications, including Harper's Bazaar, In Style, and Quest Magazine. Hara has been interviewed on Trendwatch, Vogue Magazine's nationally syndicated TV segment, Good News Broadcast, and German TV Morning Show for her innovative services. Hara, are you with us? Yes, I am, Andrew. Hi. Hello. <laughs> welcome to Movie Phone. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So, wow, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be on the show. And um, just want to talk to your audience about whatever is the subject for tonight. Subject of tonight for tonight is Hara Teicher. Okay, great. It's well, a great like subject. To I'm going to bet you're an expert on that subject. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, it's good to talk about things across the board. So why don't you start and see where we go from there? Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things, you know, and as I'm introducing you and I'm talking about your, that you've trained with some of the, today's top holistic doctors, learn the latest therapies and treatments, so I'd like to know what are those latest therapies and treatments? Well, um, there's a couple things that I think are really valid in terms of um, looking for a holistic, natural approach to health, body, mind, and soul. And so I trained with uh, Dr. Eric Pearl, who has a, um, a healing called The Reconnection. And if you guys don't know about it, go look him up. He is amazing. It's ericpearl.com, The Reconnection. And so I went to, um, I met him in New York, actually, and I was so impressed with him and so excited about his work that I flew out to L.A. to um, take his training classes, and um, it was an experience, all I can say is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I trained with um, Dr. Hugh Len, who um, is um, very well known for his work with the Ho'oponopono Forgiveness trainings, and he was found by Dr. Joe Vitale of The Secret. He was one of the stars of The Secret, and what happened was um, Dr. Hugh Lin is a, 
psychologist in Hawaii, and he was brought into a maximum security prison there where um, the the 200 inmates there were all sentenced to life imprisonment. So um, he practiced this um, Ho'oponopono, which is an ancient Hawaiian forgiveness practice. And um, so interesting. Never, ever met with the inmates, just did this prayer and this work, this work that is the Ho'oponopono. And 198 of the inmates were sent back into um, the world to go and have their life. They were rehabilitated. And the story went around in 5 million emails until Dr. Joe Vitale, you know, got, got word of him. And anyway, so there was a conference in Maui, and uh, that was another fabulous training that I took. I worked with uh, T. Harvecker, who's The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Just a brilliant guy. And um, You got to work with him personally? Yeah. Wow. Just, did, just an, an amazing human being, just so fabulous. And let's see, who else did I work with? I, I just, you know, right now I'm kind of trying to sort through all the different uh, categories of the things that I've done, but just so many wonderful things. Well, you've worked with and, some uh, some people that I personally uh, um, have been, you know, inspired by, uh, not directly, but trained by, even T.R. Becker, I've taken his course with him. Uh, I have his entire uh, Millionaire Mind Intensive on uh, on, uh, DV, on CD. Right. So right. it plays in my head from time to time. I, I noticed that you also trained with uh, Jerry and Esther Hicks. Oh yeah. The, what uh, was that like? I mean, that's a, the, the, those are that's a very unusual couple to say the least. Right. Well, that actually that was the beginning of the whole real journey. That was probably I hate to say it, but 20 years ago when they were first starting mm-hmm. out, and you know I met with them and they had a small little group and. We just did the trainings, and they did the Abraham Hicks work, and, uh, you know, that was the beginning of the Law of Attraction, and um, it was the beginning. Uh, Now we know that the Law of Attraction has many other um, facets to it that, you know, are not just uh, you think something and and so it happens. I mean, it, it, it depends on where you're at in your consciousness and your evolution, but, um I think what happened once the law of attraction got really popular with different trainers and different, you know, it just became much bigger than Jerry and Esther Hicks, uh, a lot of people started getting disappointed and disillusioned that they weren't getting the results that were promised. And I think that's the, I think that's the world that we're in right now, which is that there's the other aspect of manifestation, which is really being in touch with your subconscious, unconscious, counter-intentions that are going on and really kind of, you know, understanding how they kind of, you know, work against what you want to have happen. A counter-intention. Tell me about that. Well, okay, so the the thought behind that is is that, you know, on a conscious level, we can do all the work to uh, say, well, I want to change this behavior, I want to do X, Y, and Z therapy or go to this, that, and the other person. And on a conscious level, you know, we do that work. But uh, like even in Freudian psychology, there's the, the, the thought that there is this inner child that is, you know, a young portion of ourselves that is um, still within us 
that may be um, kind of paralyzed in a traumatic situation that happened in the past or um, may have a different belief system than we as an adult have. Because as an adult, you know, we not being in touch with that part of ourselves, we on a conscious level, you know, go, oh, I don't like this behavior. I think I'll do this. I'll change that. We do a course or whatever, and we intellectually understand it. But the inner child, that um, subconscious part of ourselves, um, may still be stuck in something that it saw, witnessed, something, some experience um, that um, just has a completely different belief system and lives in that, that, that belief, which is counter to the belief system that we have on a conscious level. Mm. Does that make sense? makes a lot of sense. Actually, I've been uh, myself been you know, going on a, on a journey now for 26 years or so that, and, and actually it, it's in the early days of that was when the Hick, uh, the Hicks were first around back in I was like 1986 I first heard of them, um, but I have been personally using all of this work to get through the stuff that my you know you want to call my inner child has dealt with and have been on a journey of understanding what happened to me, how did this happen, uh, where can I put it today, and it's been, a, it's been pretty remarkable. And last night, by the way, I got to spend time with my best friend from the age of three to seven, who actually knew me when my inner child was me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and did you get in, did they have any insight for you about the way that you were behaving? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get into that. But it was. It was. It was really, really uh, phenomenal to to uh, spend time with somebody who, um, you know, it, it was certainly a big part of my uh, earliest uh, formative years as, as a you know my uh, my bonding friend. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I I found you know like uh, when I went to one of my reunions and I found my next door neighbor who I knew since I was like five years old. And so she would said, Hera, oh, it's so great to see you. And she started recounting these memories of things that had happened when we were young, young kids. And I didn't remember anything, anything. Oh, you didn't remember she, anything? I don't remember anything. Oh. I had no recollection. And that was, it was so vivid for her. And she was like, do you remember this and this? And I had no recollection. And so... That was a very interesting uh, conversation for me because I realized that there were things about my childhood that must have been very painful for me. And, you know, I, I was much happier in the, the part of my life I'm in now. So um, I kind of divorced myself from that. But it didn't mean that that wasn't still uh, operating in my life. So, you know, it's a, a good wake-up call for me to, to kind of say, "Oh, wow! Why did I, why don't I remember any of this stuff?" And and I remembered. So I mean, my friend uh, could remember very little of the things that I was referring to because I can't believe you remember that. And I right. remember like things he said to me. <laughs> right. You know, telling me that Marilyn Monroe had died. I said, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> I was uh, I think five years old, and I still remember that. Right. Right. Like it was 47 years ago. Right. You know, listen, that's what it is. I and mean, that's the thing I think about uh, the journey that I'm on, which is, you know, life is not really the way I've been seeing it. There's something way, way, way different that's going on. And 
truthfully, I mean, I, I've been doing the work for a while now, and every day I'm aware of it. Every day I incorporate the practices uh, to help me get a little bit further into it or to notice in my conversations or the things that are occurring in my life. Oh, you know, that's that. Oh, there it is again. You know, and really seeing it, seeing mm. what that is. In my book, I talk about um, I talk about the work of going back and revisiting um, the inner child. And, um, you know, I revisited a time in my life uh, when I was um, uh, at home with my family. And my father was a very powerful and very uh, difficult man. You know, it was very difficult for me. And so when I went back to do some work on that, I found that I was constantly with T. Harv Ecker. That was one of the fun things about uh, working with him because he also had a very uh, difficult time uh, relationship with his father. And so we had that in common. It was both. And so I thought that I had been, I had completed all that. We, we did a lot of work together and I cried my eyes out and I said a lot of things and I forgave a lot and I thought it was all over. But I found later on um, that it came up again. I just found that it was still, there were pieces of that that I had not realized that were uh, related. Mm. So um, I had to go and I had to look again and see that, uh, you know, just for your, your listeners, just to understand what that really means. Um, like I grew up in a wealthy family and my dad was always working and he wasn't home a lot. They traveled, they went to Europe a lot, and they left us with, um, you know, people to take care of us. And, and, and my father was from a school of thinking that um, if you frightened your kids and you made them have that fear in them, they wouldn't do anything um, to harm themselves. And, and because he wasn't around a lot, he would, like, do his best to kind of, you know, set that stage for us. And, and then go, he would go off and he'd go working. And when he was around, he would, uh, when he was at the table with us, he'd say things like, I put money in your bank account today, all right? You know, so as a child, you know, I didn't know because this is the way I grew up. My mother worked with my father. She traveled with him. She never had any money. Mm. She, every, every time she wanted money, she'd have to ask my father for money. So it wasn't until working with Harv and, and other people where it was like, oh, isn't that interesting, Hera? You know, your mother worked every single day. She worked as hard as your father, and she never had any money. Hmm, what would that look like to, to a young kid modeling that? Oh, I think I'll work really hard and I won't make any money. <laughs> you know, or, or, or that my father w would say, you know, I put money in your bank account today, and that was his way of telling me love me. So money and love were very, you know, related in my way of thinking. And, so did you uh, discover, you did the Millionaire Mind Intensive? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you discover some of this in your financial blueprint from that course? You know, yeah. I mean, I discovered a lot of things about it. One of the really interesting things about that particular class is uh, about the blueprint and, and all the, the wrong thinking I had. But, you know, I had this belief system that um, I couldn't do it. it like, and the very end of that class, they had did – did you take it? Yes, I did. 
So did you do the board breaking um, thing at the end? Oh, oh yeah, I, I actually, I, yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> of course we're not supposed to talk about that. Okay, but, sorry. But uh, yes, I did it. <laughs> okay, well that was, I, so I won't talk about it then, because for any of you, go do it. Yeah, go do, go it. do it. I'm sorry it. for spilling the beans on that, but you know, anyway, that was really the the, the high point of the whole um, the whole experience for me on that that class. Yeah, that was that was that was awesome, and actually, uh, I will tell you that I actually was the leader in my group of that, and it was very powerful really? for me. Yeah. Well, I was the leader. It's funny, I, if you, for you guys who are listening, um, the millionaire mind he he would break people up into um, how you are about money. So there were the um, I don't know what what were the groups. Um, the, 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 the avoiders, the spenders, the avoiders, the uh, hoarders. Yeah. I think, right. or something Whenever like that. You, Whatever your personality is mm-hmm. was around money. That's your group. And I was I was a spender. I was a spender because you see, I every time I got money, I would spend it. You know, because it was for me, money was love, and so I always wanted to have a lot of love. So I'd always be spending my money. So um, anyway, I was the uh, the group leader for the spenders. I was the king of the spenders or the queen <laughs> of the spenders. So it's funny, you know. I went with a very good buddy of mine, and she was uh, a, the saver. She was a saver. He was, uh, you know, in that group. So it, it really did tell me a lot about, you know, my the way I I see that stuff. So yeah, you know, that, and, was, and, that was great. So anyway. Anyway, but but you have your book, which uh, I have uh, read a good deal of since I uh, and I have. Uh, by the way, I'm proud to say I have an autographed copy of <laughs> Changing Your Thinking Changes Your Life also known as Your Personal GPS Guide to Extraordinary Living, which uh, I really love that uh, subtitle. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it's a guidebook, and so it's not war and peace, but it does <laughs> list the things that I do every day. You know, that is a slice of the work that I do, and the programs that I put out, um, it's really about looking at, it's really about looking at all that stuff. And um, that book is a guidebook for anybody who's looking to change um, what's happening in their life to get a different result and to, and to get them to the place of actually achieving the success that they want in whatever area that is. You know, well, and sorry? Yeah, I was going to just ask you, because there's a lot of books out there, obviously. A lot of people... In fact, I read today there are 250,000 people who call themselves coaches today, which is is an unbelievable number, uh, considering coaching didn't really exist until 25 or 30 years ago in this sort of form. uh, So what differentiates your book, like your your, uh, philosophy? Right. Um, Well, I think, you know, it's just like there's no two – you know, fingerprints that are the same. We're all mm-hmm. different. And, um, you know, I, I, that's a very big question to ask. I mean, who I am is in the book. And the way I see life, um, you know, we're all different. Some people are very um, strict about things. Um, my my program incorporates a lot of joy in life. I mean, that's who I am as a person. And even through all the um, learning and training I've done in my life, it, my motto was, look, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd cry and I'd have to laugh a little bit to be able to maintain, 
you know, going going through the process. So um, I think um, I am, to the people who know me and work with me, um, unique like that. That's uh, and, and my work and the way I present what I know um, is done in that fashion. So um, I was teaching the other night. I was at the Elizabeth Seton Women's Center, and um, just the way people respond to the work um, tells me a lot about you know tell you who you know you you have a, a work and it's it's all the the uh, things that you've done and the trainings that you've had and you incorporate that you know you put your your personality in there but then people will come back and they'll say like Andrew when I work with you I just feel you know so inspired or I you know you are so like right on about you have such a grasp of and those are the things that help us to hone in on just really like you know because because you don't really know how it occurs to people until people give you that feedback you know and um and so my, my work is is it's just uh, just the process of who I am. Hmm. So the feedback you're talking about the feedback of like uh, telling people what's great about them. Uh, people tell you. I mean, I, I'm sure your people that you work with in your practice. Sure. You know, they keep coming back. They come back because they're getting something from you that they they haven't gotten from somebody else. Right. And and you know there there's no new words in this world. It's the way you deliver them. It's with uh, you know the. Uh, you know, like nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, I love that. You know, quote. and that's so true. So, you know, it's like people go, "Oh, you know, Andrew, I'm with you, and I get how much you care about me." And in that moment, a person's life can change because they're 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 safe and they're they're ready, and and that's and that's their their moment. They may go to other people and not have that experience, and so they they say, "Oh, this stuff doesn't work. Can't believe I had to go here. I did this, you know, you know." And that's I think that's really what it is. I think we're all unique in that that fashion, and um, I, you and I, we have our ways of of just being who we are and presenting mm-hmm. what it is that we've learned. But you know, what's interesting though is you know what you just said about saying to me what I get from you is. It's actually something, you know, when you acknowledge people in that particular way, which I think most people don't most of the time, when you do that, it, it, that could land for somebody so powerfully. Uh, if you've ex- experienced it, as I'm sure you have, uh, it, 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 that moment of, of hearing that from somebody, you know, not just, oh, how beautiful you are or how this you are, but how you are for people and, and what they're getting from you. And you it's that very powerful transformational moment where you like it's that sort of moment in uh, it's a wonderful life where you realize if i uh, was right. for me harry would have fallen through the ice at the age of 9 you know how great is that right no it's beautiful that you talk about that cuz it's so funny i always speak about it's a wonderful life <laughs> i think that's so fabulous that you brought that up cuz that is totally what it's all about you know you're you're so right and and that's it. I mean, you know, the thing that I think, which is so great, no, feeling that, like you really do matter. And what you say matters. And when you're a coach and you take this as a profession and you know that you're really, um, uh, you know, kind of helping somebody steer their ship to their greatness, you know, to have that in your thought that, you know, you do matter. And what you're saying is, is you have such an opportunity. 
I love that. I just love that. When I work with people, sometimes I, it brings me to tears just when I think, you know, because I was in that place years ago, and somebody did that for me. Many people have done that for me. And they have really, there have been the people in my life that have just changed me so much for the better. With a word, with a, you know, just the, just the way they, they looked at me, the way they acknowledged me. And there's other people who they just didn't do it for me. I just went and I just did not get that. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, and so, you know what I mean? That's a, it's very true what you say. Yeah, it could be as simple as saying, you know, something I love about you is. Right, right. And, and it's like, really? <laughs> I do that? I do. Right. I, wow, thank you. Right, right. Well, you know, I, when I do my newsletter, I don't do a newsletter like most people do. I, I don't really say, here's five tips or here's the three biggest, you know, mistakes people make. I did that when I first started out because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do it. But now I write to people the way I talk to people and talk to my clients. And I, I'll write something that just I'll sit down at the computer and I'll just think, well, what, what, do I, what do I want to say to somebody? Think about how many thousands of people are on my list. I think about talking to a person. And what would I really want to say to a person? And then I think, I just think of something that really is meaningful to me. And, you know, I express myself. And it's so beautiful the way the Internet works because, you know, I have people from all over the world that, that uh, work with me or are on my list or whatever, and I communicate with them. I have a YouTube channel. I have people from Australia, all over the world. And just to, just to get a letter back from somebody with a comment, like, I just, I, it's simple, simple, something as simple as this. I sent around for the new year something about, you know, I, I wrote something that was called To You. And it was just saying how much I appreciated being able to be in somebody's life for them to open up the words that I had to say in my newsletter and to be part of their experience or whatever. I just wrote something very simple. Mm. Wish you a happy new year, whatever. And people wrote me back the most heartfelt, beautiful things about what their experience was of getting these these newsletters and you know it's like you just don't know until you put yourself out there and you communicate in the way that you do hopefully from the heart or however um, and um, just see what happens as a result of it it's incredible it's incredible it's like that's a wonderful life (laughs) I'll tell you what my this is like the best acknowledgement I ever gave somebody and I didn't realize how great it would be but back in the early 80s, I had taken a course that completely, literally rewired my brain. It was called uh, Mind Over Math, and it was 10 weeks of group therapy for people with math phobia. <laughs> it was an, okay. this amazing uh, uh, period of time, and, uh, and uh, the fellow who taught this course was a math professor and a psychology professor at Cornell. He had wow. this like, double life, and he created this. <laughs> this course out of, you know, just putting his skills together. And in that course, uh, I got to deal with uh, stuff that went back to the second grade and traumas. And and by the end of it, and I wasn't a math major or anything, but I had lost the fear that had I, I, what I didn't know, how much it had affected my mind, how many things, how many places I didn't go to in my brain. And after the course, bit by bit, all sorts of things changed about me, like, 
you know, seemingly unrelated, like my typing speed went from 40 words a minute to 65 and kept on getting faster and faster. It's now about 120, by the way. Wow. And, and as a result of that, my, my, I play guitar. I never had the ability before to hear music and know how to play it. Well, that started after that course. Right. I would dream sometimes. I'd dream a song and I'd know how to play it. And it, I'd, all of a sudden, I could look at things and know how to how to put them together and wire things up. And all kind, it led me into com, the world of computers. I became a computer consultant eventually. And all of this was from having my brain changed. And uh, it changed so many things in my life. And decades go by, and and I thought about like this guy really changed my life. And like he probably I don't I gotta let him know. Right. And I and I you know I Googled him. <laughs> Uh, it's about ten years ago, nine or ten years ago. I googled the guy, and uh, there he was in uh, you know Fort Lee, New Jersey. He was only one person with this name anywhere. You know, he had a very unusual name. And uh, I left him a message. Said I'd like to talk to you, and he called me back. And like, uh, who are you? And he had no no idea who I was. But he, oh, I haven't taught that course since uh, 1985. But he told me that he had gone on to a new career, he gave it all up because it wasn't satis- satisfying and he wasn't making money and he became, he's now a partner at Goldman Sachs, this fellow. Uh-huh. So he's doing pretty well for himself, but when I let him know what happened and then I, and I thanked him for it and let him know what an amazing thing he did, it was like, you know, you, 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 like you've blown my, my mind. You, 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 I can't even tell you what you've just done for me. Right. You know, it put back something from, you know, 20, 15, 20 years earlier and now made sense for him. It it gave him validity on something that he had done. It it made him feel incredible. Right. And that acknowledgement, which is so, so great. I mean, it, you know, I can just feel it for that guy, not knowing that all these years that had had that impact on you. And yet, you know, you didn't say anything to him until all that time later. And it had done so much for you. So that's, like, amazing. That's amazing. And that's it. I mean, acknowledging people. People, everybody wants to feel needed. And, uh, you know, uh, an acknowledgement. I mean, there's that story about that kid who is walking home from school and and he's walking alongside of somebody and the kid says to him, you know, um, they start walking and he's he's taking his bicycle and, I don't know what they start talking and whatever they become friends and anyway I guess years later um the guy graduates from Yale and at his graduation this guy comes as one of his guests and as he's giving his speech as he's valedictorian or whatever he talks about you know this day many many years ago when he was you know walking home from school and he was on his way to go home and kill himself and um and so you know it's it's like you never know the words that you say, how they affect another person, you know? Absolutely. So acknowledgement, acknowledging that person, just being a person. That person said, I was so uh, despondent and I was so isolated from the world. I mean, think of how many people are living lives like that. Mm-hmm. People in New York City live like that. You know, they live in their apartment and they and, and there's so many folks that just don't know how to reach out for, you know, help to other people to, to, to get some kind of feeling of that they belong or they're part of things. And, you know, so, so acknowledging somebody 
you know, how they've expected your life. Oh, my God. My uh, One of my uh, mentors, his aphorism about this was that uh, on acknowledgement is that babies cry for it and grown men die for it. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I had a client and uh, she's a beautiful person and uh, I used to come to her house. I used to make a house call there. And she said to me one day, she said, Hera, you don't charge enough money for what you do. Now, I thought I was charging a lot of money, and I was happy. But, like, she said to me, as of today, I am doing this to your salary. And she changed my salary right then and there. And, and she was, you know, certainly she could afford to do it, and I knew that all along, but I never thought to, to change my fee because she could or whatever. But she said that to me. And when I walked out of her house, I was a different person. And when I walked out of her house, I never said to her, oh, you changed my life, or, you know, that was really amazing. But I thought to myself for so much of time after that, she has no idea how much that helped me. It helped me to get into another space. It just helped me to feel, oh, yeah, well, she feels that way about me. And she said, if I recommend a client to you, um, there'll be people that can can afford that fee too. So you charge them the same amount of money. I thought, oh my God! So I stepped into that, and, and years later, I did say to her, you know, I just want to let you know that you know, just you you've been a mentor to me. I didn't say about that because I was a little, a little embarrassed. Oh, I don't know. I just felt it was unnecessary to bring that up. But I thought, oh my God, I got to tell this woman how. She said something. She had no idea how that affected me. You know, so most anyway. people, you know, you you walk through your life and you really don't know what right. you do for people. It's true. It's very true. And and to really get a, a a realization about that, oh my God, it's a wonderful life. It's so important. You are important. I taught a class the other night and uh, listening to the things that people have holding them back from having a, a great, magnificent life. You know, people, and, and uh, things from the past. Somebody had told them when they were a kid that they, they weren't good enough and they believed it so much and, and, and just a story after story about how, you know, they, they couldn't have a good relationship or they couldn't get a good job or they couldn't get any, whatever. And just to look at that person and say, that's not true. Who told you that? And, you know, but the thing, that's the thing about the work I'm talking about at the beginning of this. I can tell anybody what I think, but they have to feel it for themselves. And until a person does whatever it takes to get to the root of what that conversation is that's lodged in their every day or their, their, their conversation about themselves, nobody can help you out of that. You've got to. You've got to be wanting to look at, you know, whatever avenue you can go down so you can understand it for yourself and, and say, that's not true about me. Mm. But people like like us can help people to get there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, exactly. You, you, you mentioned to me... Um, uh, before we got on this, this call, it's something you do called uh, clearing, holding clearings. And could you tell me more about that? Well, I mean, I think I've talked about is um, clearing is uh, 
the uh, this practice, the Ho'oponopono, which is uh, from Dr. Hugh Lin, that's a um, a clearing practice, which I recommend for everybody to do. And it, that's a, a whole other uh, call. But um, <laughs> just suffice to say, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's uh, YouTube uh, forward slash Hera Tasher. I'm sure at this call you'll have my my um, the spelling of my name. But anyway, and I I talk about the whole Pono Pono, and it, it basically is just a um, a prayer. It's I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I love you, and it, it's um a prayer that kind of petitions uh, God to erase whatever memory is lodged within your cells that keeps reoccurring in your present day. So um, I, if, that, if that, that may sound like a lot to swallow for some of you, but, but, you know, if you believe in like that we go around and we reincarnate, whatever, you have no memory of your last incarnation. I mean, some people do, but most don't. Mm-hmm. And so if, if things are showing up in your today, rather than go try to figure it out, just, assuming responsibility for whatever's showing up as just being an opportunity to say, hey, this doesn't bring me peace, love, joy, happiness, whatever, abundance, whatever it is that you like. Um, So I'm so sorry. Somewhere in life, in the community of life, in the oneness of life, I'm part of that. I created that. Somehow, someway, I don't have to think about why it happened, what I did, who did it, how it happened. All I want to say is, Sorry, forgive me. Thank you, and I love you. And 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 that it invites God to, uh, um, to erase the memory that is keep showing up in our our, our present day. So that's a clearing. Um, so you're talking about though the like the, the forgive, forgiveness of self as opposed to, for example, the forgiveness of people you've held crap onto for decades. What what do you mean by that? Well, if for example, if you you're holding a resentment against somebody for many years, or somebody hurt you in some ways, so there's the forgiveness of somebody else, and this there's the forgiveness of yourself. Uh, it sounds like you're talking about forgiving yourself. Am I well, hearing that correctly? Okay. Yeah, you are. I mean, the whole Pono Pono states there's only one person here. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this like I said, this, this is another phone call, but um, but the thing is that like. Lens would say, have you ever noticed that when there's a problem, you're there? And and that what that means in the scope of things is that um, when you, like if you're mad at somebody, like the scenario that you just brought up, like you need know, to forgive another person. Um, if you look at it through the eyes of the whole pono pono. Um, it's there really is not the other person. The other person is actually um, is showing you a part of the memory that exists within you, some incorrect way of thinking, some damage, some separation from the truth that's showing up in your present day um, and giving you an opportunity to say, oh, right in front of me, that's not true. I don't believe it anymore, and thank you for being such a jerk in front of me and behaving like that, <laughs> so so I could, so you know what I mean. You really, I mean, it's fun. Like we could have a really good call about that because it really is a lot of fun if you can see it like that, and that and that's what it is. You assume responsibility for everything that shows up in your life, 
It's like you don't know what what lifetime you were responsible for creating it. It may be just in the community of life, you know, I and my brother are one, that that's how your responsibility is is there. But um but that's really that, that's really the way to to look at it. So that's a clearing. That's a clearing and that is uh I do that every day before I get on the phone, before I got on this call. Uh some clearing things that are really fun, easy to do before you get in a business meeting or you make a date with somebody or you whatever, something that's important. Pick up the phone. You say Hawaii. It's a clearing. It invites God in. It's Hawaii is the <laughs> breath of God. And, and they're beautiful things to do. And I always say the prayer, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. These are... Um, Great things to start any meeting with, anything that has anything to do with being with, you know, other, other, uh, you know, <coughs> meetings or whatever. It's always good to start, like with those kind of clearing words. And this comes from from uh, Hawaii. Yeah, if you guys want to look at the Ho'oponopono, um, Dr. Hugh Lin is. You know, he's world-renowned. He's spoken at the United Nations with this work and has been, you know, many, many places all over the world. Mabel Katz does it. Um, it's a, you know, you Google it. H-O, apostrophe, O, P-O-N-O, P-O-N-O. And the other thing is, is that I believe uh, when you change your thinking, you also have to change um, some of the things that you're doing to your body. Because if you don't, um, if you're, your body and your mind aren't working in sync, you're going to have some kind of interruption of going forward, you know, the way you want to go. Because if you... If you're if you're really healthy, your health's not eat well, you're exercising, you're running, whatever, but you're thinking all these negative self-limiting thoughts, you've got like a kind of a, a start-stop mentality. And the same is true if you're thinking great, you're really positive, but you're like, you eat bad, you just like are under a lot of stress, you're, you know, because these are all things that are impacting the body and your ability to be able to um, move through things. You know, you, have, doesn't that happen to you? You you know, like you don't take care of yourself and you're a coach and you're great at what you do and you've got a great reputation and, and then you realize that, wow, I mean, I've been really looking after myself and I'm having a, it's more challenging now to be, you know, in that space than it was when I was, you know, really paying attention to the whole thing. Well, absolutely. So, um, you know, so I do these programs to help people clean their bodies out. And uh, there's a cleansing, there's a detox. And one thing I'm very keen on when it comes to health care. Yes. Alkalizing, alkalizing the body, that is the key for changing your health. So, and yeah, I, and actually that I, I'm really, really curious about like why is, uh, this why is alkaline why is an alkaline body important? Well, your body is always um, searching to find an alkaline level. It's a it's a pH level actually. 
and and the normal level is somewhere between like 7.3 and 7.4. It's a very very finite little area where your blood that's the level where your how your the alkalinity of your blood is, and and it really affects everything that you do. When your body goes below that, that means that your body is in an acidic environment. So um, having worked with clients on the health level um, who have had serious illness like cancer and, you know, um, things of that nature, looking at it from a holistic level, I and, and also going to medical doctors at Mount Sinai and different places here in the city and then going to holistic um, places, I realized that um, the acidic environment was where illness is born. It's like you you don't you you get you get sick from um, your blood not being at, at an alkaline level because when your your body is in an acidic state, that's the environment that disease loves. It just loves that, and a lot of times it begins in your mouth. It becomes it with and so it's not to be paranoid about it. It's just to be aware of it and to make choices to. Um, uh, stay away from things that are very acidic. That would be coffee, alcohol, red meat. Um, a lot of things that we love are acidic, and they're just not good for our bodies. I'm pretty much and, a, <laughs> all acidic, it sounds like, from right. what you just and, described. And, and what, what's the thing is, when you're 20 years old, you know, your your body has, when we grew up, our, we had better uh, air, we had better, mm-hmm. you know, foods and stuff like that. So our immune systems are actually stronger than our kids' immune systems because they've grown up in this environment that's a little bit compromised. So when we were 20, we were abusive. We did whatever we did. And, you know, the body can take a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we do a constant of eating too much, drinking too much, smoking. Maybe there was a period of drugs or I mean, all those things factored in, stress, running, doing, not sleeping. And at some point, when you get into your, and it's different for everybody, different age, but at some point, the body just can't do it anymore. And most people get these signs somewhere in their 30s, 40s, certainly in your 50s, you got a host of things that you're going, I never had this before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I know. How come this is happening to me? It's because your body, God bless it, has been taking the abuse for so long. And you just love doing all those things. You just love having that Big Mac and that, you know, that next beer and uh, whatever it is. But the body at some point just says, look, you know, either you treat me well or you're going to have some serious problems with me. And and so I'm passionate about that because you can't have a great life changing your thinking without changing that that part of your life as well. So have you actually given up all of those things? Well, um, no. No, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. How can, how can you? <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? You know, <laughs> really? I mean, no. That, that's why. That's one of the, the, the magics of me. I mean, I, my, my way of working in the world with my coaching, with my training, with the health is I want to be able to do what I want to do, but I want to be able to do it 
in a way that the body and the mind interpret it that it's beneficial. Mm. So, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm not like a, probably like the monarch notes or the cliff notes, <laughs> you know, of, uh, of, of that learning process. I want to sure. figure out what it is and then find a way that I don't have to be, really behave 100%, but I have to say I am much, much more uh, aware of things. And um, I'll, t- I'll tell you guys something, because this is really, if we only have a few more minutes left on the phone, and if you're thinking about changing your health, I just want to tell you a very interesting thing I saw reach recently, which really has impacted me tremendously. Um, a man um, went into a doctor's office, and he, they went to take a sample of his blood. So they pricked his finger, and they put the blood on a slide, and they put it in the microscope, and they looked at what, what blood looks like. And um, anyway, re- healthy blood looks like, let, let's just say visually, it looks like, let's say, the size of a dime, and it's circular, and it's red or whatever, you know, it's blue really inside, whatever. But it's, it's circular, and it's separate from the other uh, platelet of blood. So, like, if you were to look at blood in a microscope, it would kind of look like a whole bunch of dimes together, but there would be, like, an area between them, which is where, like, liquid is. So they they wouldn't be touching each other, but they're circular, and they all look the same, the same size, and and whatever. Right. So the guy guy takes this guy's blood, and he shows him what it looks like on the microscope, right? (laughs) Then he says to this guy, he goes, look, I'd like you to go into the kitchen over there, and he goes, you have a half an hour, and when you go into that kitchen, I want you to eat whatever you want. Eat whatever you want that's in the kitchen, and then come back here in a half an hour. So the guy goes in the kitchen, and he has a Diet Coke. He has some chips. He has some French fries. I mean, whatever, you know, things people eat all the time. I mean, a Big Mac. He has, you know, some, some chocolate or whatever. You just, whatever's in the, in the kitchen, he eats it. And what it is, it's like all, a whole bunch of sugar stuff, right? Mm. Anyway, comes back to the doctor's office. They take a sample of his blood, put it on the slide, put it under the microscope, and in 30 minutes, just from the foods that he consumed, there was so much sugar in his system that when they looked at the blood, rather than it being these dimes swimming in this liquid like separate from each other, they had all coagulated together and they were like on top of each other like a caterpillar. Instead of looking separate, mm-hmm. they were like, they were all together. And I got to tell you, Andrew, it was so visually uh, incredible to see that, that when when you ask me, you know, do you do that? Are you really righteous about everything? I mean, it, you know, that has really made me stop. Every time I'm thinking about doing something bad, I think about that, and I think about what that means to my health. And I say, you know what? I I really love life more than I love this thing I'm going to do, so I'm going to, you know, maybe pass on it this time. Maybe I'll catch it next time, but, you know, it, sometimes it, it really does make me make that that's that that no that I say no. So, I so if you're not gonna, if you're not going to be uh, I guess uh, perfect with the things you eat, what are some of the ways you would manage your alkaline alkalinity? Well, you can go to this site that I have. It's called Alkalize uh, the Number Four 
totalhealth.com, and there's some really good things on there. There's some there's some beverages you can look at that include a mineral in it that actually alkalizes your body. And the thing to do is is really to look at eating more fruits and vegetables. That that's really where um, you know the alkalinity will come from a food source. Um, staying away from it really just overeating red meats and 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 beer is the worst. Beer has is the most acidic of everything. Um, but really looking to you know also also your mental state. If you're under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and all that, your mental state can create more acid in the body than the foods that you eat. So, you know, a couple of minutes in the day just to take a deep breath and relax and get yourself centered again. You know, maybe once during the day just choose a salad instead of some, you know, something fast food-like. I mean, it's a process, you know, just mm-hmm. just just being aware to, to, to put that in your life is, uh, you know, is, is the pl- first place to start. And, and by the way, that website is uh, was not coming up for me, so I thought I'd let you know that. Oh, A-L-K-A-L-I-Z-E, mm-hmm. the number four, totalhealth.com? Yeah. Okay, well, it should be up. I mean, if it's not up now, it should be up for like, like in the morning. So just, you know, check it out in the morning. If not, you have my website. You can always be in contact with me. And there's so many wonderful things I do in my newsletter. I do some tips on, on alkalization. I do some stuff on cleansing, um, detox, things that I think are really important. And, um, yeah, because, I mean, the body and the mind are – they're 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 playing in the same you know the same landscape and it's important to to incorporate uh, you know eating good when you want to change your life as well it, it makes it a lot a lot easier when you're not bogged down with uh, oh I just ate that meal and I can't even move <laughs> oh you, that, that's a that's a statement I've made many times. <laughs> I can't move. I have to have the special uh, after-dinner giant <laughs> pants, you know. <laughs> well, listen, when you're gonna do it, do it good. <laughs> uh, I, absolutely. If you, do, I think you do anything, do it, do it, do it well, including having your. If you're gonna go off and you know really be off whatever plan you're on, have a have a good time, enjoy it. Then you have to remember to come back. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So tell me, how can people get a hold of your book, Changing Your Thinking Changes Your Life? Well, my book is in a lot of places, but I think the best way is to go to my website, which is getcenteredwithhera.com. Okay. And um, and in, in my book, you'll see all the different ways that I uh, communicate. I Like I said, I'm on YouTube. I have a newsletter. I do my blog. I'm speaking. I speak coast to coast on cleansing, body, mind, whatever, and uh, you know different ways to repattern your thinking so you can you have a miraculous life. Go out and do it. Such a great place. This earth. It's so much fun, right? We had fun when we met the other night, right? Absolutely. We had a, we had a blast, and I got <laughs> to see your 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 beautiful face in person. Oh, you're so sweet. I am actually. <laughs> all right all right wow. so uh yeah i was uh i i did 
take a look to see if it was on Amazon. I couldn't find it there, but I did see it on your site and a couple of other places because uh, I wanted to put it on the on the show page, but they only at the moment uh, tie into the Amazon uh, store. Okay. So as soon well, as you get that on Amazon, I will put right. it on the show page, which will, by the way, will be up uh, you know, forever or or, okay, or until until uh, the, the year uh, 2012 when the world ends. <laughs> Shepard Don't buy into it. that stuff. I'm Don't just buy into kidding. That. I'm kidding too. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You are a funny guy. Oh, Mr. thank you, Harris. For those for those of you who are, who are either regulars or not regulars and don't know Andrew, he is he could give a, a an evening of comedy that would have you side split because he is so funny and had such a great handle on imitating and recreating. Just some of the great talents of, uh, of this world. <laughs> being with him is, is a lot of fun. And it's like being fun. with a lot of other people as well at the same time. <laughs> you don't know who's going to show up. It could be, you know, Marlon Brando. It could be anybody shows up when you're with me. And a good singer, too. He was at a, at oh, a place you. where he was showcased his voice, and I sat there and was just amazed. So talented, so funny, and could sing too. How about that? And there'll be an extra dollar in your uh, in your envelope this week. <laughs> All right. For that. Well, listen. Those wonderful remarks. I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> well, extra something in the you know, in the envelope, Para. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's so my pleasure it. to have you on the show, and I'm very uh, happy to tell you that uh, our show is now on iTunes. And that means if you want to go to the podcast section of iTunes, you can find all the uh, Coach's Corner shows. Uh, there were 15 of them on there as of Saturday. Great. So uh, that means this one will will be on shortly. So you can listen to Hara and I speak on iTunes or any other way you'd like. So, uh, <laughs> Hara, I'd like to thank you very, very much for having being on my show today. And again, uh, everyone, if you want to uh, check out Hara's work, you can go to www.getcenteredwithhara.com. And I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name earlier. It's Taysher? That's right. Taysher. Okay, so it's www.youtube.com slash Hara Taysher, H-A-R-A-T-A-I-C-H-E-R. And to everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have an outstanding <laughs> next seven days, and we'll see you next week on Blog Talk Radio. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.